becoming indistractable. I'm Julian, your host, and I want to redefine my relationship to technology. I want to become less distracted and more intentional. That's why I started this new series of episodes following the journey of my 30-day experiment, Becoming Indistractable. That means for the next four episodes, Carolina is going to guide the discussion around the intention and later the progress of this experiment with me. If you've ever struggled with mindless technology use, this episode is right for you and possibly the experiment as well. So without further ado, let's jump into the recording with a wonderful intro from her. Hello, hello. Welcome to another week of Julian's phone addiction. <laughs> well, actually, no. It's, it's improved a lot. So this is week, end of week three, beginning of week four, because last week we were calling it week three, and we noticed afterwards that week three was just beginning. So, so yeah, just FYI, brain fart, now it's fixed. And this is the beginning of week four. Julian will tell us a bit of the update, but as we will also dive into a deeper layer of what was uncovered through this process already. <clears throat> we always do that, <laughs> so I don't know why I give that update. But it's because it's not just about the numbers anymore. It's more about what's underlying and all of the human emotions that are difficult that we need to deal with every day or at least every week and how we want to run away from those. So that that's probably going to be a, a um, prevalent topic in this podcast. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the man himself, Julian, addicted to phone, Merton. <laughs> Thank you so much for this incredible intro and telling everybody the phone addicted, how phone addicted I was, I was. Um, no, especially great that you jumped in to write what we uh, will dive deeper into later. But I guess just a quick intro in the beginning of what the what the numbers are. As you said already, it's not important as, actually anymore to me. Because I see, I don't know, on the iPhone 5S, I had like 13 minutes a day, uh, which was then meditation and reading again. And then on this phone where I'm recording right now, actually, it was four minutes <laughs> the whole week. Um, so it's it's crazy. So that doesn't matter that much anymore. But what matters is that I d did feel still the urge, um, that I did feel um, to grab the phone once I... Uh, turn it on and felt the emotions felt the the thing that I wanted to get rid of and also once uh, there was two situations where I felt very um, I guess emotionally triggered very very intense emotions and that's when I from the intentional use of my laptop in that case went to just watching YouTube to escape those emotions and I think that's the thing I'm I'm going deeper into in this this episode to see okay what's the underlying thing be behind the the experiment right now of um, trying to reduce my screen time to getting rid of the phone and it's it's totally not about that anymore so that's interesting. You're still writing stuff, right? Before yeah. using. Yeah, definitely. I'm still writing every single time down when I want to use it, what I want to use it for. Whether computer or whether phone, doesn't matter. I'm still writing it down. Super helpful. I think it's super important. Um, but yeah, it's it's almost almost only like a safety net that I don't fall into this escapism anymore mm -hmm. um, of actually dealing with emotions. Okay. So, what do you think has changed in you, or was rewired? from the beginning until now? Mm, in the very beginning, I, I came in with the thought that once I stop this phone addiction, I can truly live my intentional and best life. That was 
the idea, the the glamorous thing that I that I thought just just getting rid of this, and I would be so much clearer in my thought. I would be able to um, have so much more time to actually do the things I want, to be intentional. And yeah, it's a little bit more complicated than this. <laughs> so I reduced the screen time by a lot, which is amazing. But now in, instead of using that to deal with emotions when they're coming up, I need to deal with them by myself without any distraction, without any tool, basically, to, to mitigate it. And so basically in the beginning, the belief was just, just this and then you're there. Yeah, that was, that was almost naive, foolish to think. So now it's really about um, I'm, I resolved this one thing that's distracting me from it, which is basically just covering other things that I need to deal with. Um, when I get triggered, when I have difficult emotions, what beliefs I actually have about um, not achieving this life that I want. And it's not just about this thing. It's a great gateway to realize um, that something is off because it's an indicator, oh, when my screen time is up, oh, I need to deal with emotions. But it's it's just a cover. It's just a cover. So it's, Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's it's basically... I guess opening the refrigerator refrigerator door and realizing that something is stinking in the fridge and because the <laughs> the door was closed before then you didn't smell it but now you do and then <laughs> there's that good that, emotions the, the nasty beliefs all the things that we carry underneath the surface so what what is the prevalent thing that you noticed coming up if there was, or if not, like, what are the, the multiple things? Um, I think the, the probably the biggest one, which is just ubiquitous in in a lot of people's lives, it's boredom. And when, they, when I also have just in-between time where I just don't know what to do with it, don't know what to do with the time, instead of just like letting thoughts run and be present and just notice what's there. I'll just grab my phone to distract myself from this almost uncomfortable feeling of boredom. I think that's one that's common, but it's not the biggest problem. Um, what is, I think for me more, and I notice more and more that for everybody, it's it's a different thing. So for for some people, it's anger that they tap into in their, um, their habitual way of thinking. For some people, it's worry and anxiety. And for me, it's certainly like some self-doubt and, and worry that I go more into and to distract myself from it. It's great to just watch a YouTube video that's popping up about random technology, about new phones. That's honestly what I do. Uh, <laughs> and and I think that's something that's sort of covering it. That's where I close the refrigerator door to not think about it, feel it or try to solve it. Um, so that's, for me, the most important one, the one that I try to get to cover up. And I think it's like the more I obviously also coach and get into other people's minds, it's something different for everybody. So if you notice now for yourself, there is something for you that might be um, anger or hatred or just loneliness or whatever it is. It can have completely different shapes, but it's in a way all the same thing, dealing with those underlying emotions that you don't want to deal with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking for myself, and um, I think boredom is a big one. Like, we already established that my go-to strategy to close the fridge is to eat food. <laughs> it's something nice, so I hide in food. Um, but yeah, when I'm bored... I feel like eating. I'm like, oh, it would be a great time for a snack. And that somehow fills me up. <laughs> and uh, I think for other people, it could be cigarettes, video games, whatever it is, your, your pacifier of choice, as we established last week. And when you say, well, that for you, self-doubt is the one that's prevalent, for me is anxiety. I usually get into this mode of being overwhelmed 
by how much I have to do or how much path I need to travel in order to be the person that I want to be. Mm-hmm. And the, the sheer side of the enormity of things I need to, to do and the inability to put them in order <laughs> is just overwhelming. So then that gives me anxiety and then I want to eat a cake. <laughs> so, and that's the way that I, I get distracted because, oh, look, serotonin was released. I feel good. Um, so, so, yeah. What is a cool thing to analyze these feelings is to be like, okay, boredom comes up, anxiety comes up, self-doubt comes up. What could we do that is not shutting this off? Because we're dismissing these emotions as something that we don't want to feel. And what is there to be done, maybe specifically for this emotions that we dis- discussed, so we don't go too wide, but what is to be done for navigating the emotion rather than ignoring it or trying to make it fade away? And we can start with the mildest one, which is not mild. Like it looks mild, but it's not. Boredom. When we are bored and we want to fill our time with something. Did we discuss this already? I, I, think, I think we talked. a little bit, yeah. But I think boredom in a way implies that the present moment is not exciting enough. And that whatever is happening is boring and we should definitely be spending our time differently than just staring at the ceiling. And I think that's that's great. Sorry to jump in now. Because I think that's almost the um, essential purpose of boredom. I think that's why we were, as humans, we're given boredom actually as something really positive. Because through boredom, we create so many things. It's almost like the, the, the energy we need to create um, new solutions to make things better. Because we are bored, I at least have quite often the drive to think about things to improve, to think about um, sort of what can I uh, do later that makes me feel better, either um, more in a, in a way useful or to make a contribution to something else. Mm-hmm. And so I think boredom is great if we would actually use it as a tool, as a, as a positive thing, because I feel it's very negatively connotated. Mm. I do think that boredom is a doorway to creativity, but it's just like a threshold that we need to cross. It's something that is lingering there for a little bit, And it's usually so uncomfortable in our bodies that we want to run away from it. But if we stick through it, then that's when the magic starts unfolding. Because eventually you're just not, you stop being bored because you found something (laughs) to focus on, to put your attention. And boredom is just that liminal time in between finishing doing something and just having some what is it called, idle time between that, the the finishing something and coming up with something alternative rather than like purposefully finding out something to do. It's just like, okay, let's just have empty time, idle time. And let's allow boredom, if it wants to come, if it wants to set in, (laughs) let's, let's allow it to exist because it's just the doorman to or door woman or door person to that will allow us to enter like what is a conscious next step what is a creative thing to do now what is alternative action we could take and if we don't allow that space then we are basically suppressing (laughs) the, the the door person does that make sense yeah yeah I think it, it totally does like in, in a sense though not only like I, I might have glorified a little bit in uh, the way I said it but it's basically that what you were saying as well to just using it as an as a gateway to create something to get to something 
that you want to do. And I felt a feeling, at least for me it was the case, that I was getting into just using the phone to get off that feeling rather than using it. And, you know, it's just scrolling through Instagram just to activate the mind and don't think about that you're bored again. And I feel like that's the wrong, wrong approach, at least for me, that I don't want to use it as such, but rather it's, it's a great energy source where I want to create something with. But why does boredom feel bad? Like, do we, does it generally feel bad or is it that we put the tag on it that it's, it's bad, a bad feeling? I could imagine both actually. Me growing up in Germany, I think boredom looked a lot like laziness. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not productive to be lazy, obviously. And then it's like, mm, don't, don't be bored, just do something with your life. It's like, mm, yeah, okay, okay. So you need to get and find something in order to not be bored because boredom is bad. Mm. I think that's at least the connection that comes up naturally to me at first. Yeah. So a waste of time. Yeah, it's a waste of time. You're not doing something. You're not helping anyone. You're not progressing yourself. You're just sitting there and doing nothing. Mm. And I think that's that's first of all wrong now, <laughs> but but that's sort of the connotation that was in my mind. So I think it's it's probably misunderstood and and wrongly tagged. Do we have any insight on how people? when they were cave people or living in tribes or in an igloo or whatever configuration there was, were they bored? Like, did they even get bored or were they just being <laughs> like at any moment? We don't like, it's impossible to <laughs> like, oh, sure. how, how, how did we feel? Like, I'll talk to my grandma. Um, <laughs> the cave woman went. <laughs> cave woman, it's not that close to us, but maybe on an evolutionary perspective, when did boredom, like, was birth, like, when when humanity birthed um, boredom, and as a service of what? Maybe, maybe it started being wrongly connotated when in industrial revolution or something like that, when it's like. You, you're not doing anything, so should should do something. I can totally see it as such, yeah. Because I, I think obviously people were bored uh, in, in, in their caves and found then other things. Either of, either it's maybe reproduction. <laughs> <laughs> either they just found the time to finally make the family or it's it's time to, I don't know, paint the walls or to get this. Paint the walls of the cave. Yeah. Yes. The cave walls. <laughs> the cave. Do you want teal or do you want magenta for this wall? <laughs> I totally see them. Yeah. Yeah, we need to gather flowers for three months <laughs> in order to make enough ink. Okay, uh, we're sidetracked. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the main idea is that the, I think that's where sort of creativity in the, in the form of like sort of paintings maybe mm. came from. Why they created, maybe they were just tripping on mushrooms then in their free time. <laughs> There's a lot of possible explanations to this. But what intuitively, I think, what happened is that they just had a lot of free time. And that's it. <laughs> that they would, for example, at night, you cannot go out, you cannot go hunt. You're just sitting around the fire. You can tell stories, but eventually everybody falls silent and you just are able to live with the silence. And maybe that's something that just got trained out of us. I think that's a big part, that we are very not used to being with ourselves, just with our minds, with our thoughts, with the voice in, inside of our head. And just, just be with it, just listen to it, just see what it says, and not learning or not knowing, okay, what, what is this thing in my mind and how, how can I deal with it? How can I either use it or just be okay with it or something because right now whenever it kicks in it's most of the time um okay i guess i'll go back into the habit of watching netflix or um, doing something on my phone that's at least how i see it for me what happened mm -hmm. as soon as it kicked in and had ideas of oh you could watch this video that you wanted to watch later so you could 
just check on Instagram or check WhatsApp whether somebody wrote you. These are the things that were happening habitually in my mind when I had idle time. Mm-hmm. Oh, you could check this. Like checking something was very it was a trigger for a lot for me. I could check just check in. this. Just check in. Just check in. Check in, check in. Yeah. Um, I remember I once heard Sadhguru, who is a spiritual leader from India. He would say that personally, I don't, I'm not endorsing him. <laughs> but one of the things that I heard him say that I was like, is that true? Like, is, is it that, is that possible? Is that he just doesn't think. Mm-hmm. Whenever there's nothing to be thought about, he's just present and he's not thinking of anything. He's not in his mind. And I'm like, how? <laughs> how do you get there? I I have moments of that. Like, oh, I can be present. I I experience that. But holding it all the time, unless you have something to do, it's like what <laughs> how do you get to that point it's impossible i guess a lot of training but um without exaggerating without going to the extreme i guess that this could be an extreme and we don't even know if it's true but what could be an intermediate thing that we could aim to that is like maybe not not thinking but just i guess Elevator music thinking. <laughs> Just like a non-intrusive, soft-spoken, mild. Just remembering, like, oh, that was a great dinner I had last night. I don't know, something. Actually, I think that's probably a really good way to bring in some gratitude of like when you're not um, needing to do something. Like, what were things during the day that you enjoyed? Just bringing your mind, training your mind towards thinking in those those idle times. Like, what was great? Bring some gratitude back in, some self-love. Oh, I was doing this great. This was a great meeting with some friends. I enjoyed the time even alone there that I could focus on this or that. Or just, I'm, I feel grateful for being. Hmm. Like, just bringing in some of this kind of thinking rather than, oh, I should do this. I need to do this still. And just be present in the moment and feel um, some some gratitude. That sounds like a, a good time investment instead of using the phone or, or just thinking about stuff that you don't care about. Mm. Yeah. And well, when, we're, when you say that, something pops up in my head and it's probably just like the, the critic in my head. And mm-hmm. that's saying like, well, but then... You are just bypassing boredom by tricking yourself into feeling good. <laughs> Because gratitude usually releases happy hormones. So what do we say to the critic in my mind? Um, that we, I think, generally search for um, feeling good, getting out of discomfort. That's, I think, our general drive that we established in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a way of deciding how you want to create this um, happiness or feeling good enjoyment or whatever and you can use the short-term mind depleting way of scrolling through instagram or you can build long-lasting new brain patterns into thinking and um, finding the gratitude within your life and i think there's maybe the switch from the short-term dopamine hit Uh, that's quick and you bit quitters and super easy from external. Try to t- train it internally so you don't need anything else outside to make you feel good. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a way better way and long term also a lot better. Like in in all, I don't know, scientific research, we're trying to get people feeling, um, thinking more positive things about themselves, getting out of the, the loop of self critic criticism and getting into gratitude and appreciating what you have in life because from there on you get positive energy either the um, positive psychology part is is the whole area of psychology telling you once you feel good you can be better you can do more things you can feel or you can create way better things 
and feel better in the long run. And so it feels like we're um, bypassing this happiness, what we can create in ourselves with this quick um, dopamine hits through phones, through eating, through cigarettes, through coffee, through other drugs, just to get into the state. And then switching this short-term into long-term happiness with gratitude exercises, with training your brain how to do it by himself. Mm-hmm. That feels... I'm just coming up with this, but I'm loving it. It's great. Yeah, it's great. And I think... Well, it's a bit of a utopia. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Of course. We are talking only the positives here. But I'm also thinking... Um, well... The conversation evolved from like not thinking, <laughs> so just being able to sit idle, finding the elevator music, and now we're like the elevator music could be some some nice uh, happy beats that we could just reproduce to make us feel good. Um, I'm also thinking of how boredom feels, and. If we put the tag of it's a negative feeling just because of everything that's associated with it, if we are able to just release boredom from any judgment, what do we get? (laughs) And can we reprogram boredom just to be this, every time that we feel bored, just to be a moment to take a breath or to be thankful or to contemplate the moment as it is. I think that's um, that's really, really useful. So instead of just using, oh, when you're bored, just fill it up with gratefulness. Um, boredom is fine. It's not bad. And it just feels, um, it's a certain kind of feeling that, that arrives. But it's maybe because of the, the program that, that you were just saying. And so if we would just say boredom, when we feel boredom, it's our body just reaching out for some resources, reaching out to just just give me a moment to process what was happening before that what we usually just do in sleep because we don't have those breaks anymore. Uh, just giving some time to really just think through what happened before. How are you feeling about the last conversation you had? How are you feeling about the, the, the thing that happened before? So some reflection time and at the same time just, just letting anything come up. So almost... Uh, again, uh, a great uh, glorification of it, but just letting co- things come up and observe them, just noticing them and and just using a time to reflect mm-hmm. or to just processing things from before, the, the difficult situation that you had, the, the struggle or the, the, the thought pattern that you had beforehand, just letting those things come up, noticing them and either trying to solve them or just letting them be there. And I feel that that part is more in a cognitive perspective yeah. of analyzing what's going on in our heads. But nevertheless, and this is like what keeps coming back, when I'm bored in my body, I feel stuckness. I feel that mm-hmm. I'm just feeling bad, that things are not flowing. I'm not... I'm not enjoying life. <laughs> it's more of a feeling of being smothered with a pillow. And um, basically, it feels like uh, a contracted chest. And like my like I have pressure on my chest. And that I, I feel I feel cloudy in my head. So these are not pleasant feelings. Like I could actually just like be bring gratitude and everything, but that's that's not it. So it's like is boredom a true emotion or is boredom this stuckness of emotion? This thing that is not really flowing and therefore it feels uncomfortable. And if we're able to unleash whatever emotions are underneath the boredom then that should not feel bad anymore it should be well 
not feel stuck anymore. We could feel sad, happy, anxious, whatever emotion is underlying. Um, uh, could that be a thing? <laughs> yeah, because I, I think now when you said it, it came up to me that I can do nothing and I can do nothing and feel bored. I can be present and just notice suddenly the flies going around, making up some theories about why they're flying in the squares and when they hit each other, they're flying in circles. Um, I don't feel bored doing that. But sometimes I have that feeling of just the uncomfortable feeling in the chest, just the feeling stuck. And that is, for me, more the boredom that you described as well, rather than just being present and just noticing what's going on. That's fine. I can deal with that. That's actually fun, like seeing new things, new, new perspectives. But if it's then just feeling the stuck, interesting, I've got a thought, um, <laughs> that I feel boredom or... This, this little laziness is connected for me to boredom mm -hmm. that I should be doing something else. When I feel bored, I have in my mind sometimes that, oh, I could do this, read, do yoga, meditate, go for a walk, um, or just do the work that I'm pro procrastinating on. But I this, I guess, feel stuck because I don't really know I either don't want to know, I don't really know, or I either don't want to do it. So it's, it feels a thing of stuck between the shoulds that I should do and the thing that I feel like doing. Mm. Does that resonate with you? Um, it reminded me of day eight of the 10-day Vipassana retreat, where I was bored out of my mind. And I kept on thinking... This is stupid. I don't want to be doing this. I want to leave. I already got my meditation. I already got my clarity. This is stupid. I want to leave. So it was a wanting to be somewhere else. A wanting to be doing something different. There was this deprivation of my senses. <laughs> that I was not being able to enjoy life fully. But I was quite narrow down in that pattern of thinking of this is stupid this is stupid i'm wasting time this is stupid <laughs> my life is going slipping from my hands and um i feel like that that happens sometimes when i'm bored especially if i have a very productive day or very active day and then i have a minute to cool down and it's like no <laughs> you have to keep on going because the momentum is It's, it's too active to actually stop like, hard, hard on your, your heels. You're like, what? No, I need to keep going. Um, so that, that's one thing. But yeah, I do, I do feel the stuckness. Mm -hmm. And I feel that we're stuck in the stuckness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because how do we move the stuckness? How do we shift the feeling? With the, with the meditation, actually, what I did was just to bring my, myself back to the present. Mm -hmm. Because somewhere at some point I read, like, you cannot be bored if you're present. So it's like, okay, that's nice. And I guess that's effective if you're able to tune into the presence and just, like, just flip a switch and become completely aware of your surroundings in the moment that you're living. And that should be a a good fix for boredom but if that's not there like what if you don't have that because I, I don't know I don't think I have it readily available all the time what else could we do to I think the first the part that comes up for me is really accepting it at first it's like okay that's the situation right now because as, as soon as I accept it I get out of that mindset or pattern of thinking to Oh, I need to be somewhere else. I should do something different. I wanted to meet with a with friends, but now I got cancelled. Or I should. All the friends are doing this now. I can join. And once I accept this, I'm here right now. Things can start from there. I can okay. This is this is the present moment. That's where I am right now. Then I can create something that's the best in this moment. 
Because otherwise we're stuck in this loop of creating, of being somewhere else, of doing something that's not possible. That's not where we are, who we are. That's not just in this present moment. So if we accept what the present moment is right now, we can start from there and do the best here right now. I also think that shifting the mindset from I am bored to I feel bored. Mm -hmm. Just treating it as a passing emotion. Like all of them. We, the, the verdict is not out if this is an emotion or just a stuckness of <laughs> other emotions. But I think if we are, if we're just shifting the perspective to, I just feel this for now, for this second, then it might make it more bearable to, to be in there for a, for a split second and, and then we can check it off. And we do know that most emotions stay for what was it 90 seconds if it's a stronger one maybe a couple of minutes yeah and then they pass they change 17 seconds isn't it 17 even shorter most are 17 seconds crazy so just bear with it for 20 seconds and (laughs) you'll be good um like some other like as soon as you stop the pattern maybe counting maybe counting is nice maybe counting breathing something like that yeah just feeling it okay wait i'll just i'll just do this breathing method or just count to a minute and see how I feel then. Mm. Easy fix. Soft. Soft. Okay, we solve boredom. Next thing. Let's let's go to the next one. (laughs) Because boredom, at least for me, it's relatively easy. I don't don't mind it that much. Mm. And I know something great. uh, I can use it as creative energy. I do have the stuck feeling sometimes though. So that's annoying. (laughs) But I, I get out of it usually quite easily. Mm. Or I journal or I meditate or something to break this pattern of thinking. Because I think it's maybe actually quite some connected to the thinking. Otherwise, the emotion would just pass. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking, like, also when I finish a YouTube video and... Dramatic pause. (laughs) Julian was about to sneeze and did it. And um, when I finish a YouTube video and then I am invited to reflect on something that I don't feel like reflecting, then I'm like, okay, what other YouTube video can I watch? I think if I would stop there watching YouTube videos, then I would get this feeling of uneasiness that I want to move to the next thing because whatever is bringing up like the YouTube video that I just watched it's not something I want to deal with now. I think that should be fine. Should we, we should be able to choose if we are dealing with it right now or if we, are, we can postpone it, hit pause, deal with it later. Um, but that shouldn't be a habit. So I, I do think that, okay, it's okay if you just do it from like YouTube video to YouTube video. You're like, oh, I don't really want to deal with my problems with the toys that I had when I was a little girl and being imposed on like a Barbie or something. <laughs> it's fine. I I can just deal with it another time. But um, but yeah, I think that that's another time where I can just slip into doing something else to distract mm-hmm. from, from thinking of that. Because, yeah, it's not a trick. So... That's just one thing that I want to add. I don't know if it's relevant to the topic, but um, we can go now to the next emotions. Wait, wait, let's let's maybe recap because I think oh, that, that we can yeah. use really well then for the next one. Um, so this was for me boredom, which was relatively fine, but the important part was I think uh, realizing it's an emotion; it's gonna pass. Uh, you can. F- either fill the space with something else that you like more and it's maybe more long-term applicable. To, gratitude. To, yeah, exactly. Instead of using the phone, using gratitude um, exercises or just the, the way of thinking. And... Or activating the, the elevator music in your mind. Activating the elevator if you can. Great. Mm-hmm. Stop thinking if you can. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those, those things could be possible, could be used. And I think for boredom, it's sort of fine because... 
most people don't have this habit to fall into boredom and as a like super negative emotion but when for you maybe the anxiety or for me the self-doubt is like okay how do you deal with those things those habitual ways of thinking that are definitely destructive and they come from a deeper wound yeah. within us <laughs> that it's you like, cannot just solve them like that yeah yeah i can say for example for the anxiety i the anxiety usually comes from high expectations of myself and a lot of pressure because if i don't become this awesome fantastic person i will not be loved and i will not be accepted for who i am and I think that's very deep and I'm aware of it, but the motherfucker just keeps on popping up. So <laughs> it's not it's not the, something that it's easily healable when it's such a core wound of your existence. And um, when I feel anxiety popping up and then I want to just distract myself for a bit so then I can reset my system, then... I tend to turn on the, the, the phone or the food, I th mostly the food, because it gives sort of this slowing down moment mm -hmm. or complete distraction from the train of thought that I was in. And in this case, I don't think it's too bad. I think there could, there, there are definitely better ways to deal with it than just like shoving a muffin in my mouth. But... I do think that interrupting the momentum of the train of thoughts and the feelings that are creating anxiety is a, a possible way forward. It could be, of course, breathing. Like I know that one. Of course, I can just like, oh, mindfully breathe 10 times. Expand your diaphragm. Like, okay, yes, it can do that. But if I'm in the middle of anxiety, I have a deadline. I don't need to create all of these things. Like, that's that's just so far out of my consciousness that, I don't know, it feels ridiculous. It's like you told me, just like, well, just go to the roof and jump. Like, well, no, how is that going to help? <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think, I think we're not thinking straight when we are triggered. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to look from outside and be like, oh, just breathe, just calm down. And it's, it, it's actually good advice. It's, it's actually helpful. <laughs> it's great advice. It does work, but, but it's difficult to but it's apply difficult. it in the moment. Yeah. What I had sometimes, and this is a compromise that I was able to make, is that if I notice that I'm way too accelerated to meditate, what I do is, I watch a podcast. So mm. it's like I'm distracting myself, but at the same time, I'm slowing the momentum down. And you, also what has to be said, it's usually a deep podcast, usually about reflecting, usually about spirituality that you watch. <laughs> yes. So it is actually quite reflective and calming down, not just like a, a fun comedy Saturday Night Live kind of style. Yeah, yeah. And it's in, like it's, it's sort of segueing into a deeper reflection. Because I take something from the outside and just use that to soothe myself and help myself get into the reflective mode. So then I can mm. deal with the anxiety or whatever was clouding my mind. Yeah, and and I, th I think that's, that's a great way to start with something more active. So also like going for a walk, doing yoga, doing my more like movement-based things, I think, could be very helpful for a lot of people to also just go outside. Whenever I just go into nature without phone, mm -hmm. <laughs> obviously, that just calms me instantly because it like widens your, your, your view. You see a lot more things. You are a lot more present immediately. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have the opportunity to just go and walk in the, in the forest, I think that is a great way to do it as well. Yeah. And what I think here is <laughs> also... What's very normal is to look at this incredible, super helpful solutions. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, too much effort. <laughs> like, uh, no. Oh, what? No. But who's so, saying that? Yeah. So it's, I, I, I believe, and last week's happened a testament to this, that we actually changed 
the diet, change the, the habits of using the phone and many things, is that it takes some effort. But mm-hmm. you're making a decision that is determining your character in the long term. Like if you can keep on yeah. making these good decisions and giving yourself time to spend in nature, like giving yourself a permission slip as well. Like if you if you ever need some distraction, just like, okay, go for it, but no, don't make it a habit. Intentional. Intention, yeah. an intentional distraction. And um, breathing, doing yoga, movement, anything that can help you get more centered, more towards yourself, then that's that's a that's an investment on your character. It's an investment on the person that you are becoming. So I think it's worth the effort. Like it's not you will not see the effects immediately because you probably will have to educate yourself in creating new habits. But I think that when like most of the times when I feel like this, when I feel anxious, I deal with it the proper way. Like I do, <laughs> I walk the talk because I, I'm a therapist so, and that's what you're supposed to do, right? And also super analyze it, journal, see like wh- how did I get here? What's putting, what's underneath? So, and I always go to the roots of the things that are causing that particular set of anxiety. <laughs> what is this song playing in my head? Um, but yeah, I think getting there is, is not as easy as it sounds. So when we, when we say it, like I almost roll my eyes imagining I'm another person (laughs) because it's like, oh yeah, of course, easy, easy, um, easy said, but not really done. And yeah, it's not supposed to be easy because you're rewiring your brain, you're rewiring your patterns and you're dealing with deep wounds of yourself. So it's. It's complicated stuff, and yeah, we have to we have to stand strong in the face of that. Just a, a very little sneak into what happens when you actually try to figure out the things that distracting you or un- or covering up those emotions. I think that's so important to see that this is happening. Those emotions are coming up. Because that was exactly what was happening. It was happening for me this week, and also actually already last week, when I stopped with the phone, this, the pacifier, mm-hmm. those things were coming up, and it's actually what you were, were talking about is high level shit. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to actually notice those patterns, notice how you feel, and then being able to analyze it or even mitigate it and to to get through it. We we almost like coach each other all the time on those <laughs> yes. things. So it's, the it's, perks it's, of dating a coach. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really great, but also very difficult if you don't have that. If you don't have that ability to talk those things through, or even the awareness of it, or have learned it at some point. A, a side note: It's incredibly annoying to also date a coach because they will point out everything <laughs> so nothing slips no, in our relationship nothing slips like well maybe you get a, an hour pass so if you want to be triggered and you want to be a baby for an hour like okay go for it but then afterwards it's like okay suit up <laughs> let's get this let's fi- let's figure this out at least <laughs> for next time yeah know? yeah but it's it's really incredibly helpful i think in the long long run to notice those patterns and try to actually exactly what you were saying well you I think what we were saying before was just figuring out how to mitigate it, how to deal with it in the moment. But that's not going to solve the underlying thing. And I think now with week three or upcoming week four, that's maybe part of it to really go even deeper and see what are those emotions and how do I want to deal with it in the future? What kind of person do I want to become and what needs to go in order to get there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to talk a bit about your self-doubt and uh, where it stems from to provide just like a, a bit of background? Where it stems from? That's still, uh, I think, a, a, <laughs> a, a complex question. Yeah. Um, but how, like some instances that were happening, obviously in school time for me, it was a bit connected to... Um, 
uh, grades of not having good grades of doubting myself not being a good person um, those things come up all the time when I'm doubting myself or that I'm not good in, enough of a coach or that I'm not good enough of uh, a person a good person in whatever standards that's coming up for me quite often um, or while getting when getting a rejection in some way or the other it's like oh yeah because I'm not worth it wait a minute <laughs> who is saying this what is the, this kind of pattern um, yeah so this is coming up usually still figuring out where exactly it's coming from um, obviously probably relationship parents the the circumstances that you were brought up with and how how those emotions are being dealt with but um, yeah this is a very recurring topic what you said um, uh, being a baby mm -hmm. that we use as a synonym for being feeling triggered feeling like thrown into those old patterns again Whether it's for you, anxiety, whether it's for me, it's the self-doubt. Mm -hmm. The mini-me also. <laughs> nice, Activating nice mini-me mode. Yeah. yeah. Well, we pretend that we are not adults that <laughs> have dealt with a lot of the trauma and unresolved things. And the inner child comes up. It's like, <laughs> yes. But I'm not loved. <laughs> I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of love, of recognition, of being part of something. Yeah. But... I think more the the where, where what I was trying to get is mm -hmm. the um, origin, the essence of the self doubt. So when you were say, citing the examples, you were saying like not having good grades, offending somebody. So it comes from performance mm -hmm. related stuff. So you didn't perform to the level that was expected of you. Could be done better could be done better yeah. and there's judgment <laughs> acts i judge myself for it when i do that i'm doubting myself of being a good human being yeah mm. yep and what does that mean like to not be a good human being mm. it means probably i'm not worthy of love from other people to be seen i want to usually um that's getting vulnerable here <laughs> um that i usually try to um withdraw myself just be with myself because nobody else actually wants me there and But that felt so true oh. withdraw remove yourself yeah That's what I do. I'm yeah. doubting myself. I'm removing myself. I'm not putting myself out there or saying something. I want attention. I'm just, okay, I guess I'm not a worthy person. I'll just go into the basement and, and cry for an hour or something. Yeah. And that's, that I always, because I don't have that pattern, I'm always like, why didn't you say something? <laughs> why didn't you just express that you were triggered or something and no it's because of that like okay i was i didn't perform to the level that was expected i'll remove myself I, i won't be a nuisance to society yep you're hitting the nail on the head hmm. exactly why is it important that we're useful to society what why is it important that we're useful to society or to mm-hmm That's that's inherent, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's, I guess, an underlying belief that you're only worthy if you're useful um, to, to other people, if you're helpful. Mm. I'm not saying it's necessarily true, but it feels true to me. Okay. Why is that important to this podcast? Because this came up during, <laughs> during um, I guess, covering up those emotions with technology. And now since I don't have the pacifier anymore, well, I could choose to have another one. But I, I think for this experiment, it's great to have an experiment for this, to just really notice what's going on truly and... I guess underlying underneath, it's just the depth of 
feeling not loved, valued, or useful, or just doubting my own decisions, my way of being, whether that's right, whether wrong, whether the way I, I am is truly good or not. Mm -hmm. And now I have to deal with this. <laughs> so <laughs> welcome. Warning. This would be like in the in the small letters <laughs> of the contract. It's like, well, if you're stopping with your phone addiction, side effects might include <laughs> realizing that you feel that you're not worthy and uncovering your anxiety and the origins of all your fears. Yeah, okay, that could happen. Possibly. It is happening. Well, for me, yes. And it was also the week before, I'm not sure whether I mentioned it so much, but there, I think there were like three, four of those triggers happening. And I didn't have my phone. And I was like, oh, fuck. I wish I could just do this now. Mm -hmm. I, I could technically, I didn't too really go all in but it was rough <laughs> i said i think oh every single time with those triggers for an hour or two just let it calm down see what's behind it get through those thoughts and when i felt ready i just let it go and moved on and the interesting thing of these triggers is that they will always reveal a new side of the problem of the deeper thing so they're just clues to a bigger picture, like a bigger treasure that's waiting to be uncovered. And by treasure, I mean shit, but <laughs> but wound, it's a wound. And the moment that we bring light into that dormant wound that we don't consciously acknowledge, then we can start healing it, we can start transforming it. And it can become a really powerful thing to just explore the wounds. But I also think at the same time that not every day, all the time, is the perfect time to explore your wounds because you're constantly keeping yourself down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're constantly having this, this what is it, Gl glimmer? No, it's not glimmer. Grim mood. And... You don't have to suffer more <laughs> than just a little bit to see the new aspect that this this trigger is showing. A blue, a very dear podcaster that I love. Um, she has a friend. <laughs> so it's like a, a second degree kind of thing. She has a friend that says, trust the t trigger to teach. T, T, trust the uh, four T's, right? No, trust the, the five T's. Trust that trigger to teach. And this is, every time that we are triggered, we're giving information. We're given information on what's underlying, what's hidden. In, Something that's not resolved. Yes, what's hidden in, our, in the deep core of ourselves. So we won't get it done in one go. That's why we need to get triggered over and over again. But we can, with progressive investigation and digging deeper and not shying away from it, we can actually find the core and start healing or heal parts of it gradually. And it's a lifelong thing to solve all the shit that we have inside. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's a lot of cultural baggage that we hold and there's our family baggage and our own freaking experiences in kindergarten, school, high school, everything. So life life is tough. <laughs> life is not for the faint of heart. But if we are able to take the triggers as learning opportunities and just treat them with patience and compassion, then eventually we will we'll have less and less. So there's less triggers now. There's less things that trigger me now than five years ago. So at least 20% less of things <laughs> trigger me. And the other percentage, I know a bit more. Maybe like about 50% of the things, I know a bit more. I know I need to keep on working. And then there's some things that I'm still yet to crack. 
but uh but yeah just being patient because it's it takes a minute yeah and i think um especially this is important that we talk about it right now it's just all of these things can come up if you let go of your pacifier if you let go of either the phone addiction or anything else that you feel like you um don't know how to deal with as difficult emotions and i think that's that's the reason why we wanted to talk about this in this episode to like okay this can come up actually if you want to stop with those things it's most of the time not the thing itself but the underlying feeling that you want to get out of or distract yourself from so as i think really this is really really important to understand that a lot of those behaviors i think also gabo mate i think mentioned him last time already says it's not that the substance itself that we're addicted to and whether it's cocaine heroin or whatever <coughs> bless you instead it's it's the uh, the feeling that we want to escape from in the same way it's also with this so i think it just i still encourage everybody to do it but be warned that you know it can trigger things it can things will come up and if you want to get onto this path just try an experiment to let go of your pacifier let go of your phone let's go of screens for a while and see what comes up or what your you food or your food what are you triggered by and try to solve it yeah well that's a pretty big challenge <laughs> it's like oh no no so just you want to the, climb the, the Everest the challenge is to let go of it and see what happens and yeah I guess find somebody you can maybe talk to, talk this through, um, and try to deal with it yourself. Journaling, meditation, a lot of these things are really, really useful. But I still, it's it's a great long term way to to improve your life, to feel better, to feel like you're actually creating character that you like, building up your character into a good version. And so, in my opinion. I think it's very useful. That's where where I started it, but I didn't expect it to be that important. Hmm. That it can show up so many things. I was all the time just struggling. How can I just reduce my screen time? It's it's bothering me. I didn't know what all the things that were lying underneath. <laughs> so thanks, thank you for teaching me phone addiction to figure out my shit. Surprise! A surprise. I do think I want to mention still one really big positive thing that happened this week as well that I love, which is I got more momentum and I got more time to spend on, um, I call it as an umbrella, the, the coaching business, but all the things that were happening was um, creating um, blog posts, creating a, a way to actually bring this idea, this knowledge, the thing that I'm going through to other people as well. And um, yeah, I'm really happy and proud that it's working out by reducing the screen time. I got some more time to spend on those things. And that feels very, very rewarding. Aside from the negative aspect that those triggers happened, I did have the self-directed um, urge to self-director urge i got the urge to actually do those things and got got to um because i was bored to <laughs> to get into creating something for myself and for others too so that was really really cool so i'm happy this this was happening nice yeah okay so maybe that's a good place to end this episode do you have some some last points that you want to mention as well. I I think I learned a lot about boredom by talking about it and trying to to find a way to deal with it. And boredom is usually yeah, it's just this shell emotion that it's hiding something diff that some something deeper that's that's also what we were mentioning in other episodes. And um the, the deeper we get into uncovering the, this, this emotions, the closer to source we are, to the source of it. It's like, 
it's a very interesting process if we can just zoom out a little bit and be like, oh, look at this interesting life that I'm living as a human and exploring my triggers and going deep within my wounds of humanity. And um, I personally take it, like, even though sometimes it can be overwhelming and I'm like, okay, today I'm not going to go into personal development mode. I would say 98% of the time I'm actually going in for the for the deep stuff and really diving into the the trigger or the emotion and what's underlying. So so yeah. That's that's always a good not good, but it's it's a approach of personal development. It's an a, a personal development approach to to life. So the moment the moment you remove your 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 pacifiers, things will come up. What will you do with that? And are you even willing <laughs> to remove the, the pacifier? So in my case, it's a hell yes. And mm-hmm. I keep on removing pacifiers and I'm eating without salt and without sugar and I'm doing all of these crazy things just to see what my body does and what are my mental limits. But yeah, for for others listening, maybe just starting with reducing the phone screen time. Yeah. Is is a great place to start. And um yeah, if you do start that, kudos, it's great. And let me know. I'm I'm curious about the journey that you were having because that's obviously my personal way of dealing it. And I'm super curious how you're handling it. And also, obviously, if you need any help with it, let me know too. All right. Peace out. Peace and out. See you next time. Bye-bye.